Well, hi, everybody. It's Reanimated. It's episode 336. My name's Stuart. I'm California host. New York host is H.A. Conrad, and she's coming at us this morning from the balmy East Coast. How are you? I'm balmy. Uh, balmy in Brooklyn. I need more iced coffee, but I'm out, so I guess I'll just have to suffer along while we chat. Hopefully uh, not end balmy. Yeah, <laughs> not not yet anyway, but possible, possible. I will say this is the time of year when, um, you know, it kind of uh, feels like you, there are things that are, you smell things in the street and you don't really want to know what they are. And <laughs> they, they could be corpses. It's true. It's true. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it's just like more a, likely animal than human. Oh, yes. Know. Yes. One would hope so. One would hope so. But it's New York. So you never know. Hey, I've got um, a New York newbie question for you. We've talked before about like how the subways would flood in the case of like a world after humans scenario. And we've seen oh, yeah. it happen in, in heavy rains. Mm-hmm. And you have mentioned how that's basically just the Hudson River coming back to take yep. its own. Right. Pretty much. Um, How far up? the Hudson would you have to go for it to be drinking water, I guess is my question. Oh, to be potable? Like it's brackish, I assume, around New York because that's a harbor, right? Yep. Um so yeah, like when when is the Hudson like good? Um so it like kind of turns fresh like much further up because I mean it's a Hudson like it's a pretty big bay. Yeah. Um so um I like and actually interestingly uh more recently and this wasn't in the Hudson but um I think it was like in the Connecticut River there was some poor little dolphin I think that somehow managed to swim up to where it was fresh instead of salt and had um, some health issues or was just like um, I think I think they were tra- I think it got separated from its pod and um you know um it um like I think they were hoping um um, hoping that it would sort of find its way back um, to to the salt water. So I don't know. I haven't tracked what happened to it recently. Um, Hudson, I think that it's like um, it depends on the time of year because it's like it's basically like an estuary. So depending on like a lot of things is when that salt line kind of like moves around. Um, I want to say that way up into Westchester, it's salt. Um, wow. I want to say like in the summertime and and I feel like in the summertime it's worse somehow because maybe of all the rainfall and stuff like that. So I know that it at least goes up to Yonkers, but I think, let me, I I don't want to, I don't want to say. It's okay. You don't have to give me like the the right answer. I'm just curious. And I know that like. I I just found it. I just found (laughs) it. You're very fast at the internet research. uh, So anyway, yeah. So apparently it, uh, it is often that up by Yonkers, but apparently it can go up to new, new, Newburgh. Where it is, um, you know, um, where where it, it depends on the time of year, but that's kind of interesting. It's and- very interesting. And I, uh, as a side note, I'm unable to hear the word Yonkers without thinking of the Battle of Yonkers from World yes. War Z. Well, there you go. And there's also, yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of interesting. The other interesting thing that's been happening recently is that it actually has been, you know, so polluted um, that there was like basically things could not live in it for a while. So it used to be an incredibly rich um, estuary and it really like had just like so many different kinds of life, but specifically like oysters. And that's been something that of late, they did a lot to like try to clean and whatever. And so I guess the oyster beds are coming back, which is a 
which is good news. Um, Hudson oysters. I I can't wait. I wouldn't. I don't know that anybody <laughs> should be eating those right now. I mean, they're good just um, to clean things, right? They're like filtration systems in a way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh. So there is. There's our um, geography lesson for the morning. Uh. Thank you for that, AJ. <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, it is kind of. I mean, but yeah, but and then the thing about the the subways flooding, it's kind of interesting because it isn't just like during. It's like the it's sort of what what's been happening, especially this summer, more so. And it happened last summer, and there was some some last summer and fall, and there were some tragic consequences. Um, because um, if you have these really big downpours just sort of suddenly coming the whole system like the drainage system in the city can't deal with it mm. so you'll see all these like videos of of subways basically having waterfalls going down the steps and like even in the sort of like ceilings of the subway and things like that and what happened i think it was this past fall there was sort of like flash flooding and and people died up in harlem like who were in basement apartments because yeah. the water came up so quickly um and so when are you Honestly, guys getting a seawall? When are you getting your seawall fixed? Up? Oh God, I don't know when. I mean, they keep talking about it. We keep seeing photos, but I'm worried that it's going to be like the the Venetian seawall that took 20 plus years to make. And I will say, it's working. Um, it seems to be working in Venice. Um, so I do have hope. But there seems to be a lot of like bureaucratic red tape to get through. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so so you know, we'll see when the zombie the zombie apocalypse hits if any of this this comes true. But I do think unless they do something, uh the, the ocean's gonna take back a lot of New York. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. Um well speaking of taking things back, uh let's take things back to a couple of days ago at uh San Diego Comic Con where a lot of news dropped. I don't think this is going to be us breaking or scooping anything for anybody who's been paying attention uh, over the weekend. But uh, what were what was your most what, what was the announcement that you were most excited about from Comic Con that you've seen so far? Um, I admit that I really loved that like Rick and Michonne or the actors showed up as like a, a like a pretty like a surprise thing, and um, I'm cool with this announcement um, that that we saw, and and I thought that that was kind of a baller thing to do. And that's the announcement um, that instead of the fabled three Rick straight to TV movies that they talked about doing for h- hundreds of years. They're just going to do a six-episode miniseries with Rick and Michonne. Um, so that that is kind of interesting. Yeah, and I thought that was a that, that was a big surprise for I think for a lot of fans, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, it's been kind of radio silence about this. Like everybody's like, "Well, what's going on with these movies?" And so now I guess we know. And I I mean, look, I kind of like this idea because I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility, and maybe we get a little bit more story out of it. And instead of limiting it to like just a feature film, because I actually I think you and I talked about this is like, what are they going to fit into a feature film to make to be able to like push this along? So I like the idea of a miniseries. I love these actors, so I'm pretty excited um, for your uh, for uh, Michonne and Rick to be reunited. And here's and- my initial uh, criticism, not criticism, but yeah, kind of a, you know, like I, I don't, it's not a criticism. I want them to meet my expectations here. It had yeah. better not just be a Rick and Michonne show. That's what like all oh, the, no, all the preamble talked about was like their love for each other and how it transcends, blah, blah. I'm like, how about we just talk about your two children? Like, let's get Judith in there and let's get RJ yeah, yeah. because again, otherwise it, this is it, just it, a show about like deadbeat parents. Uh, and I'm, I'm not really there for that. I want to see them get well, their damn and that, kids. I mean, look, that has been a big gap um, in 
what you know you and I've talked about it extensively that we just don't believe that either of these two would stay away um from their children given how much those um relationships were built up and I mean I know Andrew Lincoln was very burned out I know uh uh Danae Aguerra Aguerra was was also burned out and also they're both in I mean, I don't know so much about Andrew Lincoln. All the, if he's been in a lot, because it feels like he's not been very present in other things. Maybe I think I'm wrong. He's just been doing English stuff. Like he did like a Christmas story and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But not like we haven't seen him as much as her. She's definitely been in lots of stuff. And yeah, she's out there getting um, her egot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I, I'm guessing there's also like some some they had to change the story because of their filming schedules and things like that. But I agree with you. I would really like to see like, Hey, can we, can we see what happened with, with, uh, with your children, whatever. Um, I will admit I wasn't so, I wasn't so excited to see that, that Scott Kimball was going to be the showrunner for the series. Um, But you know, he's done okay in the past. I think, and he hasn't actually had his hands on a show directly in years, right? It's been, he's been working through people, the puppet master. We'll see. I don't know, but, but I would really have preferred to see Angela in there. Honestly. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I think she's just, to me, she's the, the one person that's driving this in any way that makes sense personally, but you know, that's, that was the one part that I was like, oh man. We'll get a chance to see another showrunner in action later this summer because there was also a two minute trailer for Tales of the Walking Dead and they had a panel, which I haven't watched any of it, but Channing Powell uh, is the showrunner for that. I guess you could call that a mini series too. I think it's only six, six episodes. Um, yeah. And the, you know, like from the clips we're seeing from that show, I feel like it's looking super engaging. Terry Crews playing a role that I've never seen him in anything like that. Mm. Um, and I'm really excited for the uh, Parker Posey, Jillian Bell storyline, because that just, right. that, that looks like day one of the uh, of the apocalypse. And it's going to there's going to be a fair amount of metaphor about COVID in there, too, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I need to pause the show for one moment of appreciation for my husband who just showed up with a full ice coffee for me you what can a saint the, you can hear the ice cubes going it's amazing i'm pretty oh, excited about this that's mm. great good for you <laughs> sorry no no um, need to pause the show for that 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 is uh that's good content right there everybody wants to hear somebody drinking a nice coffee i think i would it's I called know. mukbang <laughs> and it's a whole internet sensation um, um but yeah, okay, so did, what did you did you have any takeaways from the uh, did you watch the two minute trailer for Tales I the did I did. And it hasn't to me. It's like, you know, it's what it is. And I like it's I'm excited about it. I do run it. I'm really excited to see this. But I'm also in this sort of like, you and I have talked a lot. I don't know that much more was revealed in this other. Yeah. You know, I just wanted them to get like and I almost don't want to see more until we actually start to watch. This you and I have never been super into Walking Dead trailers because I think yeah. we do like to just watch the show and kind of immerse ourselves in it. But uh, I guess the hype for this series is is compelling me to do more. Um, and, and, you know, like seeing uh oh god what the hell goose's name goose is in it right and he's playing yeah. like this uh scientific role yeah. I, I don't know i'm just like, even those little tidbits i saw were enough to get me kind of interested more even more interested so i'm definitely yeah. i'm lining up for this one it's gonna be oh fun. i'm definitely excited to see it and I, it's not that i'm not interested and not interested in seeing these little tidbits but i would almost prefer to be surprised yeah. so that's that's where i'm coming from on it and i did also watch most of the two minute trailer for the uh, season 11 dash three. Um, but then I was also just like, yeah, I don't want to know what plot yeah. points are coming. Like yeah. 
you know, there's a lot of Lance Hornsby and a lot of Daryl. Yep. Um, and I assume there's going to have to be some Judith and RJ getting out of <laughs> Commonwealth and going to find Alex, uh, Alex, going to find Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero somehow. Really, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to understress how much I think that's an important element of their story, unless this is just like a post-apocalyptic family storytelling where it's like nobody's families are their own anymore everybody's going to be raised by other people and that's just the thing that happens honestly that isn't completely unrealistic i feel like so yeah uh so i i did watch that other trailer also but i don't really have much in terms of takeaways um and then there was the marvel yeah uh, so uh, so like back in march disney actually added parental controls and that was a bit of a single a signal that they were going to have more like mature content um and this is one of the pieces of content that apparently it's going to be r-rated um going to be out in 2024 and um they have basically said that there's going to be a lot more gore in this um so um you know, and they, and that this they made this announcement at like Comic Con basically. Um, so there was like a whole like panel about it, and they basically it was the executives kind of like stirring up the pot and being like, yeah, there's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot more like like gore, and um, it's the same universe that was in the What If um series. The, the, so. I saw one thing that said they were going to continue that story from the yep. uh from the cliffhanger. I'm trying to remember who was even left alive. Was it just uh Falcon? I don't know, but no. uh, but they're gonna have uh Kamala Khan in this, they're gonna have like a couple other people, Simu yeah, Liu. like Simu Liu. Like, yep, had, yep, yep. Yeah, um, I did see a few other people and the and Kate Bishop, yeah, and there's gonna be some Black Widows, I guess some of them are sort yeah. of like in this, so it's gonna be you know, I, I think definitely for um, I think they're trying to get everybody um really <laughs> really excited about this um and you know so so anyway so we shall see but it's you know the the whole like zombie piece we'll have to we'll have to see what comes of this i don't think kyle will be really excited about this but you know we'll see we'll, we'll see. find out um we didn't get any kind of a i mean the the only images i saw were screen captures that were probably taken yeah, illegally yeah there was no so it was hard to see what the art style is going to be, but there were a bunch of these little like character stills, but they, would, I couldn't tell from that, like if, if the animation style was going to be similar to what if yeah. or not, they also announced the second season of what if, which will only continue to confuse me as I look at the Marvel universe, but there, there we go. Yeah. Um, And I think that was all we had for zombies at yeah. Comic-Con. Was there any other uh, takeaways that you've, no, I think that's about it. Okay. Um, and so I think we're gonna we're we're gonna um, talk about the the Resident Evil television series. Uh, we're continuing on, so we're talking about episodes two and three. Um, and you know, just before we start recording today, we were talking about how the ratings on like Rotten Tomatoes and others are really like a lot of one star ratings. Which I mean, look, we haven't watched the complete series, so I will, you know. Maybe there's something that turns so weird that that this would warrant it. But I feel like at least what we've seen in these next two episodes, I feel like this is st I still stand by what I said at the beginning, which is this is just like this really fun romp. Um, and I really like a lot of the things they have done with this. I think that there's definitely some of this sort of like it's like there's some teen drama and that kind of thing that they're they're bringing into this. But I think like the 
overall the the makeup of the show and the actors and the decisions they've made i've just really enjoyed it and so i don't know why other than from some if i if i go at this from like another perspective meaning that there's some there's some racism involved which i suspect may be the case um why these ratings are so low because i i don't know what did you think Stuart? were so they you have gone up the audience score has increased by four percentage points over since last week when we were looking at it it was 22 percent. now it's 26 um but you know like yeah the the number of, of one star reviews continues and and then you have the odd four star review that's like i don't really understand these negative reviews uh, the the justification given in a lot of the one star reviews is like you're killing my my lore. This is my show, and and there are a few that are like, here you go again, um, messing with the race and gender of the characters who my beloved characters. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely it's not even like hidden. It's in there. Um, oh no, it's totally in there. It's racist. It's, it's sexist. And w- I think what confuses me so much about this is that even with like the film series. They have reinvented this and the storylines and the characters like so many times they've taken. I mean, and it's sort of like it's in the framework of a Resident Evil, whatever you want to have it like a storyline. But we've seen them reinvent things in this particular universe so many times. And I personally think that this is one of the better reinventions, at least as far as what we've watched so far. And so. Yes, and it is certainly a reinvention, but it's also like some of what's coming into like cl- clicking into place for me. Uh, watching these episodes is it, they're also mentioning stuff that happened in the past. It's like very much in the background. There's a scene in the second episode that we watched today uh, where Jade is looking at some redacted websites. And I like paused the screen and I was reading some of the text that she really scrolled past very quickly. And they're talking about raccoon city and yep. they're talking about Lisa Trevor. Yep. Um, like basically parts of the plot at least uh, from the welcome to raccoon city movie which we just recently watched which makes me wonder are these actually mm-hmm. connected in in canon or in world uh except for the fact that albert wesker <laughs> has switched actors uh between those two uh, the between the movie and this show um th- but this is supposed to be happening you know like 20 years later or after the after the uh, events of raccoon city um and then when you add in the fact that there's a 14 year time jump yeah. Within this series, uh, there's there's lots of ground to um, to cover chronologically. But yeah, I, I agree. Like there's to me, we've seen three out of the eight episodes of the show so far. I'm not seeing any one star material happening. Oh. So it will, you know, I guess jury's still out for the show, the series overall. But so far, this is a good show. It's got it continues to have good performances, good writing, good effects. Uh, yeah. And I don't think I'm being too forgiving in in that approach no me neither i will say i'm generally enjoying more of the the younger jade and billy storyline um mainly because i just like to see how things start basically. i think that's that's the that's the storyline that pe- some people are saying is to cw like to teen drama right. but i kind of like it and i and you know we all know that they don't know everything so i guess a, that's a little bit of what i'm enjoying mm-hmm. um and I will say, like, uh, you know, their their dad, I think, is being a little too like uh, if if I do have a criticism, it's that he knows exactly what's happening. And, and we'll, we'll get into it. But mm. I feel like he's being he's giving Bill, he's giving Billy a little too much freedom, if you ask me. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, but anyway, we like the last episode ended um, 
where we know that you know billy is actually alive but they they were still sort of stuck in that like i guess like i don't want to call it a vestibule but like foyer area i guess um where and their dad and they were trying to get out but uh billy had been bitten by the the dog um and then kind of gone into shock or or passed out or something yeah yeah um you know like alarms blaring red lights flashing red uh which we know all about red lights being red ha yes Um, the the and and then like you know jade is like trying to desperately to wake her up and she wakes up and says a joke about like i don't think i'm a dog person anymore and you're like yeah oh man this is good it's good stuff right here good content i do have uh took some umbrage with the fact that instead of like leaving the building and going and waiting for the authorities which is would have been my initial reaction uh-huh. uh like to get to a hospital they go and sit in an office in an, in an office chair and i think jade makes uh, a series of like I mean, she's a teenager. It's fine. She makes a series of poor decisions in terms of just first aid uh, uh, throughout this episode. Because after then, yeah. Albert Wesker, or Al, as uh, Evelyn calls him several times, well, after he arrives um, and sends them on their way, uh, she she doesn't give her first aid. Like, she's just at home, like, bleeding into the pillows on their, ca- yeah, on their upholstery. And, and she was so worried about her going to the hospital that I felt like that was kind of strange, um, you know. So, you know. I mean, it's um, it's a good thing that they didn't. Like, I get it. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But she could have at least been washing and dressing the bite. I feel like. I mean, even a 15, 16 year old, I feel like, would know. Maybe not. Maybe she'd be putting like tiny band aids on it, and it would all have to be taken off and redone yeah. or something. But uh, yeah. I, I would assume that that people know how to wash cuts at least. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I think. You know, watching, I do like how uh, Albert is um, basically like covering their tracks. So he's like wiping the computers. He tries he's so to make prepared. It, like he seems very calm and, you know, I, I do like he, he wipes all the stuff and. and but dude just you know, walks around with a virus on a thumb drive in his pocket. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, I would say it takes security an awful long time to show up given that what too. they know that's in there. But whatever. Um and then we do get an introduction to Evelyn Marcus, which, um, you know, she's really good and creepy. And I really love um, I really love her sort of like she immediately is terrifying or I find her terrifying. I don't know. Just her it's, first yeah. interaction. Like she, you can't even see her. You just hear her chewing out a security guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there, um. <laughs> there's like she is really uh, I don't know, just uh and she's played by uh, uh, Paula Nunez, and she's really like, um, I don't know, she's incredibly like you sense that she's in charge. You sense that she's got a lot of power. Um, she's like really, I don't know. I found her incredibly creepy and intimidating. So um, I was really enjoying like her, her basically her entrance. Um, yeah. She's kind of and, person that you would never really want to be talking to. Uh, right, right. The calculations going on there are myriad. Right. Um, and so she's like the the daughter of uh, Dr. Marcus. Um, so like that's sort of continuing the, the storyline a bit. But she this performance, um, we also see um, like um, an interaction with her and her wife, um, which is you know yeah. weird yeah it was you know it, it it's supposed to maybe supposed to humanize her but it also kind of does the opposite because even after her wife seemingly 
threatens to leave her. Mm -hmm. She casually threatens Albert Wesker's family. And she doesn't really, but she's just like, say hi to your kids for me. Which I feel like in in any kind of show like this is a threat. Maybe she means it like sincerely. But since since his kids don't even know who she is. uh, Yeah, it's a threat. And you can also see that she's pissed that he has seen this weakness, basically, like that she's seen this interaction. Um, (laughs) Well, Lance Reddick is just like, I should go. Yeah, he's sort of like uh, feeling awkward here. Um, and you know the the sort of the basis of this little interaction is that her wife suddenly shows up, which f- feels a little unlikely because she's just like, "Oh, I heard you were here and you didn't come home," and that felt a little unlikely that she would just pop up at Umbrella Corp. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but it does. But it does show that there's something definitely like you know, despite her maybe it's meant to to sort of show why she's being such a biatch but whatever um but in any case you do it it instills this fear in you or at least for me that i was like oh god like you kind of can see who he's what he's dealing with and why he took the these uh steps to make sure that his kids were basically shielded from this person yeah we see this is clearly a character with a lot of layers and levels and He knows a lot that we don't know, too. And I like that about him. Like, why is he injecting himself with their blood? Why does she refer to his kids as his blood bags? Blood bags, I don't remember if that was in the first or second episode that we're looking at here today. Yeah. uh, Like, uh, yeah, like the the, his the rapidity or the tempo of his self-injections. Evelyn's read in on all that. She knows about all of that. And that's really kind of a disturbing um, line in this show for his story. And we'll have to see where it goes. But um he is at the same time, and this is part of the performance and part of their the casting decision with uh, Lance Reddick. Like he is playing a very sympathetic version yeah. of uh, Albert Wesker so yes, far. Yes, but he is. there's a uh, you know it's Albert Wesker. So I think mm-hmm. if so, they assume like anybody who knows anything about the lore knows that this is not a good guy necessarily. Nope. So it's going to be interesting to keep watching and see what they do. Right. Um. And we also have a lot going on in this particular world with, um, cause look, you know, Jade, Jade is definitely like, okay, there's lots of weird stuff going on. Why dad won't let us go to the hospital. Like she feels like there's, and, and look, Billy is not looking too good. Um, there's a lot that goes on with her recovery where, or like, you know, Basically, at least he Albert has the the forethought to have her stay home because probably he's scared she's going to go crazy. But short of like giving her like a little bit of a sedative and like she's basically kind of like free to run around. Um, and, you know, I think Jade thinks obviously there's some shady things that have happened and shady things going on. So she kind of like starts to starts to investigate and enlist the help of uh What's his name? Simon, Simon Marcus, it turns out. Simon Marcus. Who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, like that was kind of unexpected, but he's just, you know, a hacker. Yeah. A hacker skater. Um, and I guess this is probably where that CW element could be felt too, yeah. because there is a, a little bit of an interest there. But it's it's so mild uh, compared with other yeah. shows that it's it's I don't find it annoying uh, at all. And and I like the fact that Jade basically just tells him what to do and is very cruel to him almost all the, in almost all their interactions. Actually, yes, in every one of their interactions, yep, she's she screaming. is uh, 
thankless and bossy and and then says things like you 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 know you love it or something along those lines and i'm just like yeah i guess he must because i don't i don't see why he would be doing you any favors um however i will take issue with like her her quote-unquote investigation and so i do well i like how they tie in the you know seeing what happened in raccoon city there's like old footage um of of you know of different things and she's reaching out to um somebody uh who turns out to be like the guy who's running this like website um which has the truth about umbrella corporation and you know this is somebody that is totally she she reaches out in a way that is like incredibly to me like if she's trying to keep secrets or trying to like keep her identity like cloaked she's not doing a very good job like she just kind of put everything all out there so i was like all right that's not the smartest thing to do you have no idea who this crazy person is but okay cool um and you know her email address was at least like i think it was first name last initial numbers at gmail i don't know i don't know but anyway it was like so so we got that going on and you know we've got um um uh and and Gal uh, Rubio, who is like the one who's sort of running all of this sort of secret stuff about Umbrella, trying to like reveal the truth. Um, and so like that, that is a different element of the story. And you can't, you know, so so there's a lot coming together um, and a lot sort of an unveiling for, for Jade that there are things with Umbrella that are shady. Um you would also think that if Simon had actually been sort of going around the whole uh, the, the whatever firewall or any security things Umbrella has set up, that he would have he would know that some of this stuff was happening. But I guess not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the freakiest thing in this whole episode, I th- thought, was like Billy's clear um, infection. Yeah, is like really disturbing. Well, it gets clearer <laughs> even in episode three, mm-hmm. which is the light. But yeah, in this one, I think it's most telegraphed by Pablo, her little dog, at the yep. end of the episode when Pablo starts barking at her and and then she tries to take him for a walk. And that and worked that gym the gym bro like rescue her, yeah, picks him up and is like, This is is this your dog? But he keeps barking at her and then she ends up punching the guy um and running away. And I don't know, part of me kind of enjoyed that interaction. <laughs> I enjoyed the interaction, but I also like it shows you that she's got a lot more power. And I think we kind of got this sense before, um, but it's still unclear whether that power is from this infection or whether it's just her. Yeah, I um, mean, do you feel like she had super strength in that moment or she yeah, just punched, she, really, she just cold cocked him, like punch him in did, the face? She did, but like he he kind of went pretty far. So yeah, I guess he did fall down. But I, I have to imagine that if I was punched even by just a 16 year old girl and I wasn't expecting it right in the nose, I'd probably uh, want to fall down too. Right. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter how strong they are. Right. Maybe, and, then the, and then the other part of this episode, which I didn't, I it's fine, but it was like, this is just sort of the, the present day 2036 Jade um, where we see like, um, you know, uh, well, she's jumping off the side of Brighton Freehold. Honestly, yeah. I really enjoyed this uh, 2036 storyline in this episode. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying both of them, but I think you said earlier that you prefer the uh, high school um, storyline. And I think I'm preferring the modern, you know, oh, whatever you want to call it, the future storyline. 
I just like how I, I just like watching how the story unfolds. I like the future storyline too. It just feels like a lot of the same to me. Like she she yeah, runs, I just like I just like me caught, some post apocalyptic storylines, man. So Maybe. like when we get to go to these different locations and see the the huddled masses around there, like you know, their barrels that are on fire and the, the armed guards and stuff, I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. So right. she she not only manages to jump off the side of the Brighton freehold and doesn't break any legs. Right. Okay, good for her. Uh, and then Baxter has his guards shooting the zombies instead of her. He wants her alive. I guess that's good for good for her. Uh, manages to then hitch a ride with like the last survivor of the Brighton yeah. Freehold, which doesn't so work out well for that person. <laughs> he doesn't. It doesn't work out well for him. He probably should have just driven straight under those uh, stabby pipes and, and scraped her off the top of his van if he yeah. uh, wanted to live longer. Instead, um, he quickly gets taken out by these zombies who just keep flopping off of the off of like, I don't know, an overpass or something um, it, like, yeah, it, it's too bad. He he had like slow reactions. Um, Jade, meanwhile, like just busts through the sunroof and, uh, and drives off and takes care of business, ends up in Dover and uh, has these amazing interactions and like a fun little storyline with Melinda and Barry. Yeah. Melinda the cat lady and her husband yeah. Barry. Yeah, that uh, actually was a pretty pretty funny. That whole thing was really strange but kind of awesome. It's like a, any scene with Baxter in it also and he comes into it later. It's just funny. Like the Yeah. The dude is there for comic relief and he's a villain. Like I I don't know, man. It's it, it's working for me. And Melinda is clearly there sort of yeah, like for comic relief but unsettling because of the cats. Yeah, and I mean it's really like, you know, uh, the cats are all around and she's like, oh, I don't even remember that one's name or whatever, because she's been basically feeding them to her zombie husband. Yeah, um, I actually thought that that was a pretty funny and weird scene. And it, I would I'll admit I was not expecting that turn quite uh, so much. And like yeah. um, Jade basically is like the cat thing's really effed up woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and he's in the bathroom and uh, like there, of course, it's just like, I don't know. The whole thing is very, like, uh, very weird and strange, but also strangely funny. Um, so basically, Jade has to get uh, some papers out of his pocket, which could be, like, contacts that she can get out of the country. And Melinda's still like, oh, he could be cured or something, right? Like, she doesn't want to kill him, but she, but Jade ends up having to just because he was going to attack. Um, saves Melinda's out. life. It's uh, yeah. un- you know, thanklessly. And Melinda t- turns on her so fast when Baxter shows up that, um, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Also, right. I think it, it means that Melinda might be the only person that Baxter's interacted with who doesn't end up dead. So <laughs> good for right. her. Right, And I, I, I was actually waiting for that to happen and it didn't. He just was like, oh, you're sort of like weird and creepy, but all right, I'll, I'm on board with it. Um, and, you know, I, like Jade going off to like this pub and meeting Sharon, which I thought was really funny because um, it's like, she has to take this ferry that's mm-hmm. like hilarious reference like the you know yep the ferryman um, the ferryman um and you know it it kind of goes a different way because um it's it, like he he's really not psyched to see her because i guess barry had had not been the most up and up person or at least that's what he says well he um, hadn't paid him or whatever so or she comes whatever it was yeah. she brings the she doesn't have enough to pay for her passage um yeah. And so she steals somebody else's, which is uh, it's pretty messed up. But hey, you got to do what you got to do in the in the dystopian future. 
Right. Um, uh, and then like kind of inevitably umbrella catches up umbrella just keeps catching up yeah uh, and so i think that's going to be like the theme until they take her in uh, also it, i will say anybody hanging out with her is definitely just because <laughs> she is definitely not somebody they should be around like so yeah pretty much has has come to pass that anybody she interacts with ends up dead uh from umbrella other than melinda um, uh, you know ostensibly up till this point she had spent six months in london very peacefully just studying a herd of zombies mm -hmm. so until she got on umbrella's radar everything was peachy but it has not been for the past i don't know 24 48 hours right um but yeah and and so basically that's a sort of like cliffhanger right at the end of this is with like well Baxter sort of like hot on her heels and and like just shooting uh through from a drone just firing away at all these these uh people on the on the pier right. uh then there's another funny Baxter line where he asks one of the masked soldiers next to him and this might be in the second the third episode where he's like those are rubber bullets right and the guy actually the guard gets the funny moment because he just shrugs in all of his armor and doesn't yeah. say anything uh, I'm just like dude this is good this is yeah I don't yeah. Uh, so they're clearly not rubber bullets either because no. people are bleeding out and dying all over the pier. Um, and this leads into, I think, another fun, uh, dynamic, action-packed 2036 storyline in this episode where uh, Jade hooks up with this family. Uh, I forget their names. The woman's name is Enya, which I think is awesome. Yeah, which I think is awesome, right? I think, I thought is they the were boy Liam, go... maybe? Yeah, the boy's Liam, and they were going to like... Yeah, like the Enya thing, I thought that they were gonna like put in some some sweet tunes, but they didn't. So, oh, also in the last episode, she did get a chance to call Arjun, who is her partner, maybe. Yeah, who is so. in Egypt, perhaps. We don't know exactly where he is, but he works for. And she goes into this a little bit more, uh, where he is at the university, which is like a place where they're collecting and trying to bring back the world that was. Uh, B is the little girl I think who she got to speak to in the first episode and B is at ballet practice. So things seem very yeah. normal wherever Arjun is uh, as opposed to Dover where she was. And now certainly where she ends up on this journey, she's also been told by Arjun to try to get to Calais uh, and to find like not to hook up with the brotherhood, but the brotherhood is better than umbrella is what we're learning. And so these are some of these factions that we got to see on a map in episode one. Right. And that the brotherhood is crazy and we get this sense from them, but that they will ally against umbrella apparently. So Maybe. I don't, I feel like he's, she's not expected to like meet up or join with them so much as just to escape umbrella by going into their territory. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't uh, stop Baxter at all. Cause he ends up in France at the end of this episode. Right. Um, but yeah, but to get there, they, so the fairy thing doesn't pan out, right? Like the, nope. the fairy, everybody who's trying to get on the ferry gets shot. Uh, and yep. But some of these folks get to escape. Uh, basically, it's it's going to be Jade and this family of three um, who are smuggling whiskey is her understanding. That's why they couldn't get on the regular. There's apparently a legit way to cross the channel, which is just a regular ferry. And this was the smuggler's route. Uh, but she saves their kid from the uh, the drone. And so they all travel together to the channel. Um, and I yes. thought this was a cool little uh, nugget of a story here where they meet the crew who are smuggling people through the channel. Yep. yep. And it's so funny because I was talking about the channel train 
with somebody uh like last week about just like how long you're underground and so have you ever taken the channel uh i used yeah when i lived in germany i would take the channel like several times it was like a really quick way to get to the uk yeah so it's like maybe you're underground like on a bullet train like maybe like 15 minutes or so maybe around there it's like so you know but you know that's on a bullet train so so but i love the idea that they were using this and you know kind of an interesting idea because the last thing you wanted like this is like the longest uh tunnel in the dark that you can deal with so i'm sure there's lots of weird stuff in there which is I mean, it's it's 31 miles long yeah yeah so um and they're in like what is it three volkswagen buses yeah, that are so like connected to each other while. so it's gonna take them a while to like get in there and um there's lots of stuff in the in the tunnels and and you know um and this goes into the next episode that we see all this playing out the light um so i think we're probably jumping into this now um oh yeah we're in there but but um you know there's lots of stuff sort of living in the tunnels including the liquors which you know make their appearance what um, was how i'm confused by this a little bit so her convoy they're driving. Everything's fine. There's a bunch of armed guards with them. Like these are coyotes who clearly they're right. putting their lives on the line. Most most coyotes, at least in this country, they just kind of like they pack you into a truck. They're not in any harm's way. They're just driving. Uh, if they get rolled up by border protection, maybe they'll they'll uh, they'll be in harm's way. But for the most part, they're not having to be armed for the zombies who will attack them. Right. Uh, these guys are like the. The deal seems pretty bad, I guess, for the armed guards who are with them. Uh, and yeah. why do they stop in the liquor portion? Like, what is their plan? I, I'm, it doesn't get spelled out. It probably never will be. I don't understand it, though. Why do they drive these uh, this convoy through this liquor tunnel and then stop there? Are they waiting for them to go away? Like, what's the deal? I well, I thought that they probably had some plan to like deploy something to like distract the liquors. That's what mm. I thought because they go by sound, but we never got that far because obviously things went south pretty quickly because Baxter and his team show up and start making a bunch of noise and the <laughs> with sirens start, yeah. with sirens and the liquors just start breaking into all the cars. Um, and then of course Jade and the family like like try have to like run around and escape through these like tunnels and, yeah, and devil horns. Um, but that scene with the combat that breaks out around the liquors is it's like, an, uh, it's not like su supremely choreographed, but it's like, no, but it's you've got a combat with probably, I don't know, 10 liquors, probably yeah. dozens of people running around shooting with machine guns. Uh, light is, is very iffy in these tunnels. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a great scene. Oh, I thought it was a great scene. And I think they're they're kind of terrifying. Lick, lickers seem to be a little easier to kill than we've seen in other iterations of Resident Evil, at least not easier, but like they don't seem impossible to kill, which is, you know, fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the when, when we run into lickers in the Resident Evil games and earlier uh, movies, they are brand new, like nobody knows what they're they're super strong. Yeah. Uh, but they're like brand new and people don't know. And you always have that ammunition scarcity thing that's a part of those yeah. games. Yeah. In this one, like the Umbrella Soldiers all have guns, although they're getting they're getting wiped out, too. But one yeah. of them has a flamethrower. I feel like they're they at least know what they're dealing with a little bit. Right. So it's a little different. Um, But in any case, it is the kind of a fun little scene just because like Baxter and them just kind of walk right into it. Um, And then you've got like. You're like, okay, great. They escaped that. And then, um, you know, like 
Jade, I, I don't think this was like a huge shock. I knew one of this group must have been infected, but it turns out that Liam, the little boy, has been bitten. Um, and there's a lot of like foreshadowing or I guess like, you know, the way Jade talks about it, you definitely and, and this actually oh. adds to the tension of the other um the other, the sort other of story. Yeah, that's a good point. Timeline that like she's basically like this you think that he's your son, he's not, he's not the same person. Um, and it's really, it's interesting because you're like, okay, I wonder, wonder what's going to happen when we go back into the 2022 timeline. Um, but, um, you know, that basically they're, they're still trying to get out, but the, there's like these huge spiders that like a giant spider that starts attacking, um, and And when it kills people, it's so brutal, it cuts people in half and, uh, totally destroys uh, devil horns which i think is his name because it was in the captions when he was saying something off screen once that's just the bald guy who was one of those security guards on the on the convoy and then the dad also <laughs> gets yeah. cut in half uh and that was that was pretty, pretty cool that was a cool scene because he goes out with that pole and he like hits it once he's like i got it i got it uh just i thought that was well done um and yeah so so and then she still tries to convince Enya to leave Liam and she won't. And so she just kind of goes on on her own. So Jade uh, manages to kill the spider. She does. I mean, a little bit unbelievably because that door closes so fast that it can cut right. a spider in half. But right, right. Um, she, you know, Jade is uh, is capable. We've already learned that, but she only continues to be very capable and good at closing doors. Um, but yeah, is unable to persuade Enya to leave her little zombie kid um, behind who is now like his eyes are going milky and he's starting to just do uh jaw yeah. bitey things. So I think that's just that. Yeah. That's that. So she stumbles out of the tunnels, but then <laughs> there's yeah. Baxter waiting for her with his grin. I know. And, uh, but that doesn't last long uh, because the French, the French attack and then also knock out Jade. So they're not there to be friendly. They're just there to knock everybody out who come or shoot them who comes out of those tunnels. Yep. Um, and you know, like, and then we see the, in the other timeline, um, we get to see a little bit more of what has been happening to Billy and, uh, like her dad is like, Wesker is trying to like figuring out, uh, like how he can treat her, um, and so and that's know- complicated, of course, by Evelyn Marcus being all like, we have to present joy to the board right now. Right. So he can't really focus on Billy to, to the extent that like he injects a rat with some of her blood. The rat then turns into a zombie rat. And he's Ugh. like, oh, this is very disturbing and uh, and bad news. But he can't really act on it, which I thought was also a smart way of the show is making sure that Albert Wesker or Al uh, or Wesker cannot address what is probably the most important thing which is that billy has definitely been bitten by a zombie dog and might be uh turning into a zombie like it's kind of he doesn't really get a chance to do anything about that right uh but he's also like trying like it's like this weird thing where it's like he knows the possibilities here and she's like wanting to go to school (laughs) i mean i would make something up al i'd figure some way to like keep her home i'd do anything um she does look fine when she comes and is like i want to go to school sort of but like it's it's really like not i don't know i feel like he's watching her walk out the door and he knows that she's like this ticking time bomb yeah i don't know i mean she she's she's definitely like um you know like 
the night before she was like in the bathroom like not wanting to see anybody and uh, and like albert knows what could potentially be happening with her and doesn't seem to really like deal with it it just seems weird to me like he knows of all the possibilities and he does know what happens happened in raccoon city ostensibly so you would think that he would take more steps to sort of protect everybody from billy but no that's well, we not. don't really know what they are billy and jade they're right. clearly not just normal people otherwise no, he would be protecting their blood into himself they're definitely not and we do see like he does do a thing where it's like he looks at her bite and it looks like it's healed so yeah uh so anyway so maybe like but anyway she's seen she's having all this stuff go on like like, like the like, symptoms she's having at school are if i had one of those i'd be like right. yep sick day i'm uh, i'm heading yeah. home yeah but she like sticks her... around uh for an inadvisable amount of time like through lunch Yep. yep. Just like, uh, nah, dude. Having, she's like hallucinating. She has the whole like the sound thing, like the skate. I thought she was going to take the skateboarding kid out. Um, well, she also punches her sister. But then yeah. like that kind of snaps her out of it because she feels super bad, runs home. And that's when we see Evelyn Marcus at the school and find out that her son is Simon, who is Jade's love interest, question mark, slash hacker. Yeah, unclear, unclear. Um, and um, I'm not sure if it's in this episode but is this one where she talks to angel and like sees some of the video or i think that was the first the uh oh, and, he, two. and he has discovered that because like the teacher comes behind and like says jade wesker oh yeah and, and so he now knows. he knows that it's wesker yeah uh i thought that was kind of a funny uh little story where he's like i'm a reporter for the baja press yeah yeah, I don't yeah. Know. it was it was fine you need you need one of those whistleblowers yeah um and but I feel like the drama of at least being back at school and that stuff unfolding is kind of interesting, as well as the drama between Wesker um, and Evelyn, um, because like there is sort of a battle between them because it turned, you know, we get more and more information about this pharmaceutical that they're trying to develop, which is called Joy. Um, and the weird thing is, though, is that it's like I couldn't tell is it is it like it has some of the T virus in it? It seems like that's and that is inactivated. That's what know. Wesker says at the board presentation is like this was developed from it's like de descended from the T virus, I yeah. guess. The and then yeah, so like Evelyn is apparently not surprised when he tries to uh torpedo the board presentation. Yeah. Because she's like, so how many pills of joy would you have to take to turn into a zombie? And he has to say 20,000. And yeah. so like argument over. Uh, but I feel like they're, you know, the, the argument is going to be like Prozac and the drinking water or something sort right, of right, thing. Right. right? Um, right. So we'll see uh, how it's all going to fall apart. And or Billy is now patient zero and. Right. Um, and then there's the other the other weird thing with the board. It's like, oh, it's not just like that. This it's that we can control people like she shows the the dog being reacting yeah. like, and i'm like how is that uh like good i don't know it just seemed very well, very evil evil like oh it's super evil but world. but like she paints it with like oh we're gonna get rid of climate change and uh you know no more war or whatever and she's like and of course i get to decide <laughs> what our priorities are gonna be yeah. yeah it's 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 beyond but it's it's also kind of it's good. It's still just a good thing or good script writing or whatever that Evelyn is not presenting it like we can get him to do whatever we want. Well, uh, we're going to be super evil. She's painting it like, no, don't. Don't worry about it. We're just going to like fix climate change. No big deal. Yeah. Did uh, you also notice in this uh, 
pair of episodes. I guess it was this episode two where Wesker name drops COVID. He's like, no, it's not like COVID. You don't have to quarantine. Yeah. Although, just although, although, given what he knows, I would say it's even worse than COVID. And it's a lot worse. Well, and you should damn well be quarantining. Like, like what an odd thing. <laughs> um, and um oh and then there is the there is the also the detail where it's like jade and billy like after billy is like attacking your sister like she's hurt her hand and doesn't feel pain yeah so she's got like all this weird stuff going on and she knows she's not okay um and jade gets so... to tell her yeah jade, jade gets to tell her what Angel had told her on the, the video call right, about right. 72 hour time and we both we had i feel like we had jade and wesker set a timer for for like 50 hours or something during this episode so the that gives us a, another sense of like in the next episode or two hopefully we'll have a culmination of this part of the plot it is like kind of the high school storyline or the new raccoon city storyline is a bit of a slow burn in that in resident evil typically it like you have 15 minutes of calm and peace at the beginning of the show and then everything yep. you're like all hell breaks loose. Right. And they're definitely like trickling that out for this part of the storyline. But that's what makes it good about the 2036 because all hell is always breaking loose for Jade yep. in the future. And so I think. Well, and you definitely I mean, I feel like you definitely want have a desire to go back and see what's been happening. And so and they're teasing you with it because you, we don't see yet. We see how I mean, we all know what happens with the T-cell virus and what could potentially be happening with Billy. But there's also the fact that we know that Billy and Jade are not normal, clearly, and we don't know what Albert is using their blood for. Um, but we do. I mean, I think there's still the tension that you feel like Billy is a time bomb waiting to go off and you want to know, hey, what happened to bring about this future that we now see with Jade? So I thought that was kind of well done. And I mean, I. I did read a few reviews of these episodes, which people were not excited about that and felt like there wasn't tension building, but I definitely disagree. Um, I think that they did a pretty good job at editing between the two timelines and building some of that tension and that like mystery. Um, so I don't know. I really like, I, I think I enjoyed it probably more than most people did but but we're clearly know. enjoying it more than a certain set subsection of right. yeah, uh, so-called self-professed resident evil fans i have never been a huge fan of resident i mean i've watched all the mia Jovo uh -huh. jovovich movies but or almost all but i'm not a huge fan i don't i haven't played a resident evil game since forever so yeah i'm 100 not that demo but i like zombie stuff and horror and so yeah, yeah, I personally, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more than I mean the the rest of the the franchise. Um, so I don't know. I definitely respectfully disagree. Um, and you know the thing that you mentioned before, just about the people are like, oh, about the Resident Evil, and like it's not it's not being true to the history. And as I said before, I think that this is a totally fine reimagining of it, and I think it's actually kind of clever. Um, I also still like stand by the fact that I think that the the writing and the action sequences are excellent and the 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 whole um the cast is amazing. Yeah, and the right I amount think, of humor in the script too yeah, really goes a and long it's way. Keeping it, and it's keeping it like especially with Baxter and Melinda and I mean in general I just and even with Evelyn like you're just seeing sort of this like weird like I think it's walking that line between you know, not taking itself too seriously and, and sort of keeping the plot moving forward and being kind of dark um, that it's to me, it's really enjoyable. So 
Um, anyway, I look forward to watching the next couple of episodes and talking about it. Um, yeah, but I definitely think that these ratings should be higher. So uh, not, nothing we can do about that, but people going to be people. Um, however, we're going to keep watching this show and talking about it because it's fun. I uh, hope you can come back and join us for that. We've also gotten um, a little bit of listener mail over the past week from Michael, who said that the Valley of the Dead, which we had initially called Malzanitos, I think it was what it was coming across as when we saw the trailer, the Netflix um, film about the Spanish Spanish Civil War and Nazi zombies. Yep. And he gave it a good review. So looking forward to seeing that. And thanks for the heads up on that, Michael. And yeah. uh, so we'll be getting to that this summer. In addition to Tales of the Walking Dead, our cup runneth over and we love it when it does. Um, but yeah, if you want to get at us about this show, disagree, agree, we don't we don't mind. Uh, it's reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at reanimatedpcast on Twitter, and our show notes are online at reanimatedpodcast.com. And until next time, ciao. Bye.